I want to speak tonight about your life budget. How many of you have ever heard the word budget? I know right now maybe you don't have a financial budget because you don't have a job, but you know what I'm talking about when I say budget, right? Like you get money and then you've got a Dave Ramsey. Have you ever heard of Dave Ramsey? He, oh, only old bu- folks listen to Dave Ramsey, unless like you're, when I was your age, um, I was like planning to be a billionaire. Like I had all these ideas of, you know, I, m- Facebook was my idea, okay? Mark Zuckerberg stole it from me, okay? It was my idea, but I just never did anything about it. I'm totally lying to you. I, I'm lying. But I, I had aspirations of being a billionaire. And so I thought about like money and budget, and you can ask my wife. I'm really like, you know, I'm very frugal with spending, and I want to know where my money goes, right? Dave Ramsey, he says, if you don't tell your money where to go, if you don't make a budget, then your money's going to basically go where it wants to. Have you ever gotten a gift card for Christmas, like a $100 gift card, and then you have all these plans, but then like you go to one store, and then you totally spend it all? Have you ever done that? Like GameStop is my weakness, okay? Like I got a gift card for my birthday, and I went to GameStop, and I'm like, you know, I should buy food or pay bills with this, but I walked into GameStop, and I'm like Madden 16 and NBA 16, 2K16, you know, just give, and I got both, you know, both games, and so, and then I bought them, like, man, that was horrible. I did not budget. I didn't tell my money where to go. And and so it kind of went wherever it felt like going, which, you know, I have to explain to my wife. It was a gift card. It really didn't come from our budget, you know. But anyway, so life on a budget, your life budget. And I'm not talking about finances, but your life, your life budget. If you turn to Luke chapter 9, if you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 9, we'll look at verses 57 through 62. I'm going to read it in the ESV, um, and then I'm going to read it in the message, just because it sounds pretty cool in the message, too. So, if you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 9, verse 57. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead, But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now I'm going to read it in the message. Once it pulls up. All right. Luke chapter 9, 57. On the road, someone asked if he could go along. I'll go with you wherever, he said. Jesus was curt. Are you ready to rough it? We're not staying in the best inns, you know. Jesus said to another, follow me. He said, certainly, but first excuse me for a couple of days. Please, I have to make arrangements for my father's funeral. Jesus refused. First things first, your business is life, not death, and life is urgent. Announce God's kingdom. Then another said, I'm ready to follow you, master, but my first, but first, excuse me while I get things straightened out at home. Jesus said, no procrastination, no backward looks. You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Seize the day. I love how the message says that. So tonight I want to talk to you about your life budget. How do you spend your life? Begin to think about your life right now. How do you spend it? What do you, what do, you do with your time? What's the main thing that consumes your thoughts, your time, your money, your attractions, your desires, what is the main thing that your life is budgeted toward? 
Do you have segments in your life where you say, okay, this portion of my life is here, this portion of my life is here? Do you have segments of where your life is spent? So there's three things I want to look at from this, this verse real quick, and uh, then we're going to pray. There's three things that if you don't tell your life where to go, if you don't tell your life how to be spent, if you don't give these three things up, then your life will ultimately end up in mediocre Christianity. Have you ever heard that term, mediocre? Mediocre basically means like average, bland, lifeless, no power, just kind of li- going through life. We've all felt that. But have you ever felt that kind of just blah, you know? Have you ever felt that? Am I the only one that's ever felt that? You know, it's not like like exciting. It's just average. And so there's these three things in, in this verse, in this passage, that Christ asks us to give. The first thing is following Christ will cost you your comfort. Following Christ will cost you your comfort. And this doesn't necessarily mean that if you're a missionary, it's going to cost you your comfort, or if you're a pastor. If you follow Jesus, if you say that I'm a Christian, and if you say that I serve and love God, then following him will cost you comfort. And the first person that Jesus encountered, he said, I'll follow you wherever you go. And I believe he was sincere. I believe he, like, he wasn't just making it up. He really meant to Jesus, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. And Jesus, his response was, foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. The message says, um, are you ready to rough it? We're not staying at the best ends. So following Christ will cost you your comfort. It'll cost you your comfort. You know, Jesus said many times, come after me, deny yourself, take up your cross. Basically, die to yourself. Does dying sound comfortable to anyone? No, it's not. It's uncomfortable. Following Christ will cost you your comfort. Are you willing to give up comforts of security to follow him with everything? Are you willing to give up a comfortable lifestyle to really follow him? Because there's a level that God wants you to live at. He doesn't want you to live just average like a normal Christian youth that comes to church on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings and gets on fire for God at camp, but then two months later, you're back to the same routine. Never opening your Bible, never praying, never telling anyone about Jesus, but living an average life. And that's totally not what God's called us to. If you look at Jesus's disciples, they lived radical. If you look at Jesus, he's our standard, right? Jesus is our standard. He lived radical. And that's what we're supposed to live like. So following Jesus will cost you comfort. The comfort of this, fitting in. When I was in high school, one of the biggest struggles, struggles that I had was giving up to wanting to fit in. I was never like this really cool person in high school. I'm still not that cool. How many of you are like the cool stuff? Come on, there's some cool people in this room. Someone. Shaylee, are you the cool one? You're like the cool stuff? There you go, there you go. You're the coolest person in your school then, right? Yeah, Yeah, there you go, so you can say that. But the biggest struggle for me was the struggle to fit in. It was to feel like like I didn't want to be the oddball out, even though I knew that following Christ and that living according to his word was going to cause me not to fit in. It was going to cause me not to live and to talk the same way. Just to be real transparent, can I be like honest with you tonight? Will you judge me? Okay. All right. So, like, I was in athletics. I was in basketball athletics, actually, even though I'm, like, five foot two. I was in basketball. I love basketball. I'm qui- I, I was really quick, and uh, I could jump really high. You know, white guys, white boys can jump. White guys can. Um, I wasn't on the team. I'm just joking. I was a manager, so I washed the jerseys. 
But I, I was still in athletics, and I would practice with the team, you know. And uh, in the locker room, uh, all the guys would be talking. And some some of you guys, have you ever been in a locker room in athletics? Or ladies, I guess. Okay, so you know, like, the conversations get real crazy sometimes. A- and th- these guys were talking about um, this girl that apparently was was very loose. You know what I'm saying? A, a, a lot of guys knew her. I know next week is the relationship, you know, but a lot of guys knew her. And so they're talking about her, and they're, like, totally, like, just being really disrespectful about her. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, and then they start looking at me and asking me, have you ever, you know, and I'm like, no, you know. And they're like, well, would you? If you had the opportunity, I could set you up, bro. You Would you want? And I'm like, no. They're like, why not? And I said, well, I, I'm just, I'm saving myself for marriage, and, and uh, you know, that's my old, you know, before I followed Jesus, I, you know, shoot, count me in. But now that I'm serving God, I don't do that anymore. And they said, what are you talking about? And they began to call me gay and call me all kinds of names because I wouldn't, you know, fit in. I felt the pressure to say, you know, to fit in, but it was awkward. And so following Christ sometimes will cost you your, your comfort. Have you ever been in that situation, something similar? Maybe not as, like, drastic as that, but maybe all your friends are, are, are saying things and, and doing things, and, and you feel like, man, I feel weird. I should be saying that, and then they're like, there's this conflict there. Following Christ and really surrendering your life to him will cost you comfort. It'll make you uncomfortable being the odd one out. What about this? It'll cost you the comfort of entertainment, and that's a big one. When I say entertainment, I mean, like, um, certain movies, certain songs, certain um, games, certain uh, uh, everything, just certain anything that entertains you, a, a lifestyle of entertainment. It'll cost you to serve God and to love Jesus Sometimes it'll cost you saying no to certain things. Entertainment's not bad. I watch movies all the time. I listen to music all the time. But certain things, if you really want to follow Christ and give everything for him, it'll cost you certain forms of entertainment. And a lot of people might say, oh, that's legalistic, this is this, this is whatever. But be careful. Just be careful. I'm not telling you there's a certain, that this show's wrong and this song's bad or this type of music's bad. I'm just telling you, be, be led by Jesus on what's good for you and what what he wants you to do. Following him will cost you the comfort of blending in. It'll cost you the comfort of self-will. And this is another big one in high school that I struggle with. It'll cost you the comfort of not taking risks. I was a really quiet Christian. I, I, I regretted my high school because I knew I could have done so much for the Lord. But I, I neglected to because I was afraid to take a risk and to step out. So following Christ will cost you your comfort. Number two, um, verse 58 through 60. Uh, to another he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. You go and proclaim the kingdom of God. So the second thing is following Christ will cost you your plans. Basically what, what this guy was saying, and back in, in, in biblical times, um, when they would say that statement, let me go bury my father, what that meant was, let me wait till my father dies. He's not dead yet, but let me wait till he dies. Let me live my youth. Once he dies, I'll receive my inheritance. And once I get my inheritance, my money, and then my life will be set, and then I'll follow you, Jesus. So he was saying, basically, Lord, let me live my life. Let me live my youth. Let me get my money, my inheritance, because once the father dies, the inheritance goes to the children. And then once I get that, then I'll be safe, and I'll follow you. Following Christ will cost you your plans. It's not on your terms, but his terms. 
it's good to make plans. It's good right now. You know, some of you are in junior high. It's good to plan on what, what you're going to do with your life. But ultimately, let what you want to do be what he wants you to do. Let, let his plans be your plans. Paul said in Corinthians that your life is not your own, that you are purchased, that Jesus bought you. Doesn't that make you feel valuable? Like, if you ever have one of those days where I still have them where you're like, man, I'm just, I feel, man, I'm not valuable. You ever feel that? You ever feel like, man, no one notices me. I'm just blending in. You were purchased. God's son, his blood was shed. He purchased you. So don't ever, when those thoughts come in your head, when the enemy tries to tell you you're, you're worthless, you're nothing, you're, you're too ugly, you're not good enough, you can't, you're not cool enough, you don't have this, whatever. When those lies come in your head, know that you're, you're very valuable. How dare we try to make our lives all about us when Jesus, when he was on this earth, he did everything to make his life about us. So we don't need to make our life about us because Jesus already made his life about us. So let's make our life about him. And the third thing, it'll cost you. Number three, if you look in verse 61 and 62, yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to those at home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. That sounds really harsh. Like when I read that, I'm like, Jesus, you are mean. I mean, have you ever, like, honestly read the Bible? Like, think about it. This dude's like, Jesus, I want to follow you, but just let me, so get, let me just go say bye to my parents. And Jesus like, nope. If you can't go right now, then you can't go. Does that sound harsh? Like, as a pastor, it would be hard for me to tell one of my students, um, you want to go on this trip? Yeah, you can come with us. And the student says, well, I just need to go tell my ba- say goodbye to my dad first. I'm like, yeah, good. You need to tell your parents you're coming with me. But Jesus, no, he was like, no, you come now. So following Christ, this is the third thing, it'll cost you your time. It'll cost you your time. Jesus was basically saying it's urgent. It's urgent. All around you, people are going to an eternal hell while you wait to follow Christ. It's urgent to give all and to follow him. The time is now. Don't look back. And, you know, sometimes, like, like, as I was growing and maturing with the Lord and, and, and really learning what it means to follow him, I would, I would be struggling with a certain sin or something, and I'd come in a worship service much like this, and we'd sing songs, and I'd think, God, I can't worship you. I have sin in my life. I'm not good enough. I can't worship you. You don't have to wait to be perfect to worship Jesus. You don't have to wait to be perfect to serve God because no one's perfect. I am not perfect. Ask my wife, Michelle. We I am not perfect. You don't have to wait for a certain level of spiritual maturity to serve God. You don't have to wait for a certain time of your life to serve God. The time is now. The time is now. So in closing, I want you to think back to your life as a budget. Think back to your life as a budget. And really, the budget that Jesus wants your life to look like is this. Jesus gets everything. There's no compartments, there's no pie chart where it says this portion of your life is for this, this portion of your life is for this. No, Jesus gets the whole thing. He gets every part of your life, your time, your comfort, every part, your plans, everything. Jesus gets everything. No compromise, no compartments of life, no categories, no exceptions. Jesus gets everything. And really the only way for Jesus to get everything is for you to just fall in love with him and to love him. Because it's hard to give someone everything if you don't love them. So I want to challenge you tonight to fall in love with Jesus. Maybe you're here tonight and, and you've never given your heart to Jesus. 
Maybe you're here and you've never even thought about this or you've never thought about giving up portions of your life for him. I want to let you know that Jesus gave everything for you and choosing to follow him, choosing to give him everything is the best decision you could ever make. So if we could all close our eyes and bow our heads for a moment. If you're here and you've never made that decision, you've never decided to really make Jesus, and we say these, these church terms like Lord and Savior, and these are like church terms that if you grew up in church, you know, but if you didn't grow up in church, you don't really know what that means. Basically what that means, Lord means that he is the boss. He calls the shots. He is the one in charge of your life. So tonight, if you've never made Jesus the Lord, the boss, the master of your life, and you want to make that decision, I want to give you an opportunity. If you've never made that decision, or maybe you made that decision once, but you know that you're not living like that right now. If, if you want to make that decision tonight, just slip your hand up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anyone else, if you need to make that decision, awesome. Everyone still keep your heads down. I want to ask you another question. Maybe you're here tonight and, and you know you're, you're holding things from God, that he wants you to give some of your comfort, that he wants you to give your time, that he wants you to give your plans, but you're holding on something. There's something in your life that you honestly love more than you love Jesus. Anything that you love more than you love Jesus is an idol in your life, is something that takes God's place, is something that you worship more than you worship Jesus. So if you want to give something tonight, there's something that you're holding back. And if I would be honest in my life, there's probably some things that I'm holding back. So if there's something that you want to let go tonight, slip your hand up. Just as a sign, say, Lord, I surrender. Thank you. Thank you. Lots of us. And the last thing tonight, this is something that I want to do everywhere I go have an opportunity to share. If you feel called to missions, if you feel called that, that, that God's putting in your heart to give your life completely to serving people around the world that have never heard Jesus, if you feel that, that tug in your heart, slip your hand up. Awesome, awesome, cool, awesome. I encourage you, if you raise your hand for every, anything tonight, just um, come to the front, and we're going to spend a few moments in prayer um, just, just asking God to, to help us asking God to, to forgive us, asking God to take ownership of our lives, to be the boss of our lives. So, Father, tonight I thank you. I thank you, God, that you're calling us not to live comfortably. You're calling us not to live life according to our plans. You're calling us not to live life according to our time frame, but to live our lives completely in your hands, to give everything to you, to surrender, to lay down every part of our lives. And, Lord, it's difficult if it was easy to follow you, if it was easy to live completely laid down for you, then a lot of people would. But the truth is, most, most of us that claim to be your followers don't live that life. And so God, help us tonight. Lord, help us. Give us, give us the, the grace to lay our lives down to you. Anything that we're holding on, help us to lay it down. And Father, I pray that you will draw us all so in love with you. Jesus, let us see you. Let us know you, God. Let us see you and experience you in a new way tonight so that we can fall more and more in love with you. More and more and more in love with you, Jesus. Lord, let you be the object of our affection. Let you be the, the desire of our lives, God, not, not anything else. Lord, let you take our time, not, not social media or entertainment or anything else, but God, let you be the center of our lives. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to us. Sir.